And welcome back to the Rhizocast this week. Thank you for tuning in, and we're excited to be sitting with you. I'm Sue Hunt, your host, and you can find my work at suehunt.com. You can tune in to the collaborative community of artists, Rhizo Magazine, at rhizomagazine.com. We're a community that shares inspiring work, realizations, writing, poetry, practices around art, environmental justice perspectives, astrology, spirituality, movement, recipes, all things rhizomorphic in the human consciousness. Sharing beauty as well as the deep process of being human without labels and beyond binaries. Okay, let's get right into this week's episode. Be sure to check out Rizo at rizomagazine.com. Here we go. Okay, this week on the Rizo cast, Diggy and I were able to co-interview Clark Phillips, one of our friends here in Taos, and he is a prolific artist, designer, and creator. His work has been published in Dazed and Confused, an interview in Vogue Italy, W Magazine, V Magazine, and Mary Claire, Italy. This was a super fun conversation for us on the Capricorn full moon. And it's so Aquarian, so connective, and all things rhizomorphic, which is a perfect fit. So let's tap into some of the full moon aspects today, right? Really a 72-hour window with the full moon energy, the day before, the day of, and the day after. So Capricorn full moon in cancer season. So sun in cancer and moon in cap. This is super important because they are actually opposites on their own polarity axis inside the zodiac. So their energies really complement one another. This moon really has a correlation to June 22, 2021 full moon cap, which also occurred just at the tail end of cancer season. And then the full moon in Cap July 3rd, 2023, also in Cancer season. So this polarity and its complementary planetary aspects are dynamite, really. It's all about sensitivity and then putting that sensitivity into action. There is a complete balance between Cancer and Capricorn energy. So it's really gorgeous, honestly, to see a full moon, which is a closing period inside the sensitivity of Cancer season, where the days are long, the connection to Earth is real, the connection to systems and regenerative systems is real. And then there's a cardinal sign in Cancer where we're really feeling the power, the gravitas, the grandfather energy of Capricorn and those two things complementing each other. There's a powerful T-square between full moon cap, Chiron Aries, Mercury Cancer, and Sun Cancer. So really using our meta dialogue and our speech patterns to allow the other person that we're speaking with to fully be present. And that's something that Clark beautifully describes in this episode. So poignant to the full moon energy. And there's a lot of healing happening here between our perception of female and male and also in the gender binary and breaking out of the gender binary and really feeling what transcends that energy and access to sex energy as neutral, available, 
resourced and powerful. And there's a lot of healing here in understanding how sex energy moves through our natal chart and through our own creative process outside of the gender binary. There's ties to home with Vesta square moon and there's ties to really understanding the push-pull of how we're conditioned and then how we can step into our own authenticity. So healing in all of those spaces today. You can find Clark's work at clarkrichardphillips.com. You can find his shop in Taos, New Mexico, which is so fun. I love sitting with him mostly every month, right, for him to just take care of my physical needs and use his design eye in hair design and also just to spend time in that Aquarian space. He has so much Aquarius in his chart, which I love. And we'll talk a little bit about the mission of the physical space that he holds here and some of his design projects and his inspiration and Diggy and him overlapped in New York for a bit. So that's also fun to hear those intimate moments. Okay, great. Let's get into this week's Rhizocast. Thank you so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it. And please share this episode with a friend. We would love to spread the word organically in that way. Okay, great. Let's dive right in. And we're very excited to have you. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling good. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Oh, yeah, of course. We're excited. And both Diggy and I get to interview today, which is fun. Yeah, totally. I'm <clears throat> excited to be here and do this in person. I know, it's the best in person. It's way better. Okay, good. So, Clark, I know you really in this phase of your life, you know, and I'd love for you to just talk a little bit about your creative process across medium and when you knew that just exploring all things art, creativity, fashion, design was of interest to you? That's such a good question. Um, well, when I was a, it kind of started when I was just a little boy living in small town, Utah. I grew up in a little town called Bountiful, Utah. And I just remember at a really young age, it was always seeing these Vogue articles of Alexander McQueen doing his first shows when he was working for Givenchy and I kind of like just that always stood out as like such a huge uh, kind of testament as an artist and designer just kind of pioneering his own vibe and image and everything and I wanted that for myself living in a you know conservative town and so mm -hmm. uh, creatively it was just kind of like that was the tool that allowed me to be as expressive and as wild as I wanted to be. And, you know, as a youngster, what do you think was so inspiring about Alexander McQueen's like imagery and really just like groundbreaking designs? It was his like total fuck you attitude that just everything had about it. And it was even to himself. Mm had this kind of like unapologetic like pushing himself as far as he could to see what sort of reverberation would kind of happen from you know doing something kind of you know mm -hmm. out there yeah i don't know and I, that just resonated with me because he just he just you know i as a, like a fashion designer but then also music was also a huge thing that gave me kind of a 
the confidence to, to being able to do that. So it was all of these things kind of swirled in there together. And I, I just, I don't know, I, it felt so natural like to just see that and then be like, oh, what does that look like for me? How can I do this mm-hmm. as an expression, you know? And, you know, I went to school later for FIT in New York, studied fashion design and marketing. And I was kind of meeting downtown musicians and I was, you know, I'm a big connector. And so I was kind of introducing, oh, this keyboardist with the singer. And and then before you know it, I was sitting in rehearsals and I started a band kind of subconsciously in New York mm-hmm. while I was going to design school. And I dropped out mm-hmm. and decided to be in a band. So yeah. it kind of happened in reverse where I was like, okay, I'm going to do, you know, fashion design. And then, and then music happened. And then phasing into what I do now, it was just wanting to create the whole being part of the creating the visual aspect of it not just designing the garments but the whole experience you know mm-hmm. as a lifestyle and as like a, as an individual and as a creative it was kind of integral for that all to be there together you know yeah totally yeah i love that um we both lived in New York at the same time, and I'm sure we crossed paths at some point or worked with similar people and things like that. But I'm curious your design school experience, and I love that you brought up McQueen because that was the – did you see the McQueen show at the Met? Absolutely. I was there, like, that, opening day, wow. like, totally, like, wept. Yeah. Like, just, like, felt same. that. That just, was the first time that I think I cried publicly in the museum. Yeah. And it was just the most moving yeah. exhibit I'd ever seen. And I was like, wow. I mean, you know, I – had a little bit of fashion experience and just sort of from the photography standpoint, but that was really the first time I was fully immersed in the design process and got to see the whole behind the scenes. And wow, it was, his work is phenomenal, but just seeing the archive and everything was wow. So, you know, tell us a little bit about your design school what kind of brought you there in the first place. And I had a similar experience where, you know, I feel like design school is such a small fraction of the full education that you're getting. Totally. Especially when you are, you know, in, in a city like New York. Um, well going to New York, well, I originally, so excuse me, I left Salt Lake when I was 17 years old and I moved to the Pacific Northwest. I lived in Seattle for four years. That was like where I went to go be gay and wild. And I, you know, and I was just trying to find my community and it was all of the black metal punks and like the total like fray of the whole system. You know, I was living in squats and doing all this kind of crazy stuff. So when I moved to New York, I was like, you know, and then having McQueen as part of that, it was just, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to make the garments and, 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 you know, New York was such a, like long game, like, can I do this? This is the dream. And, you know, and I, so I jumped into design school and then I realized that I was in a room full of a bunch of rich chicks from New Orleans and, you know, and not the cool New Orleans babes. Like, you know, it was like (laughs) these like other side of the underbelly that I did not want to be part of. And, and I was like, 
you know, I this anti-establishment, like totally against the grain, because they were like, oh, McQueen is so cool, you know, but it, for me, it was a whole experience. It was like, that's why behind full the body. scenes, like full body, yeah. like it was the feeling that I wanted to be a part of, you know, and not just construction. Uh, so the, gar- you know, going into like the, then learning the ABCs on how to construct a pattern and how to do that, because that was the craft of it is what really interested me. And as a little boy, my mom always asked me, what do you want to be when you want to grow up? You know, what are you going to be? And I was like, I'm going to be a hairstylist. And so it was like, that was kind of always what I knew what I was going to do to be able to facilitate, you know, creative projects, like creating my own fashion line. If I wanted to creating my own, you know, being a band, like it was this whole kind of, all-in-one encompassing thing and you know and then when I was in New York halfway through the experience of you know dropping out and then being in the band and then I was like okay this next phase is how can I tailor that craft it was either music composition or making clothes or hair you know harnessing the craft like what am I going to do and that's kind of when I decided to really focus on hair because I loved that it created me to uh, work with so many different other type, you know, photographers. And as you in that same world, like we, we probably rubbed elbows. My first job was at Milk Studios, early days. That's you know, a good first job. Yeah, and, but I was a little like working <laughs> in the juice cheap. bar. But I was working oh. at like the cafe, like bringing everybody there. Mm-hmm. You know, cappuccinos and green mm-hmm. juices on set and that's when I met McQueen and I had these kind of interactions and I was like, okay, that's what, that's the world I want to do, you know? And so it all kind of like New York forced you to just be in that whole immersive experience. Like you were, I love how it forced you to um, really figure out who you were as a person, but you know, as a creative, like how do you make it relatable for people to know, you know, what is it that you know what do you like to do or what is it what's your job or whatever and for me it was always kind of hard to answer that question because i was like it's everything i'm doing it all (laughs) yeah we were also like aquarius right in so many placements eight signs of aquarius which i'm so curious too and maybe both of you can answer because i do think there is a lot of um, blending between different mediums and different spaces and just how you're saying McQueen gave you that sort of seed to say you know it's it's a whole universe here it's not just a shirt right or exactly. it's not just a pair of shoes and you know does that come with artistic maturity over time or do you think that that's unique to your own creative process or both yeah I was gonna ask because just just as you were speaking Clark I thought it was you know, I think, especially in the photography world, and I'm sure you experience this too, you get very pigeonholed of like, oh, I'm a photographer. Okay, what do you like to shoot? This is what I like to shoot. And this is like what I'm going to get hired for. You know, I loved hearing you speak about how this creative energy is either manifesting through hairstyling, through garments, through music. You know, I think that takes a lot of courage as an artist to be able to say, hey, I have this spark. I have this idea. What's the best way for me to get it out to the world? And that's what I thought McQueen was just a master of. You know, it was mm-hmm. definitely the thread of garments and in fashion that wove his story. But it was so much more of just this 
experience and this land that you entered with everything from his shows to like lighting to music to you know hair makeup that was just it was a full full narrative that you know is a lot of artists is hard to experience because that was just such a craft of storytelling in every capacity yeah i and i and i think that it's important as an artist and as a creative to kind of you know i love painters that, that that's like their obsession that's the thing that they do the painting you know mixing colors or not mixing colors you know i really you know that's what hair and that's what design was for me is that it kind of gave me like these little tools these little like thing building blocks in order to create the whole vision like like mcqueen you know and i really wanted to find through all of those challenges and those like facing those fears how it really made you know just having the idea and being like this is what I want to do. And then you're in New York and you could be like, oh my gosh, I know this guy that has an amazing recording studio. Maybe he'll be available for a weekend and he'll let me like bring all my favorite musicians in and we'll compose a soundtrack, you know, and these kind of, you know, big visions and dreams can kind of really manifest really quickly in New York City. And before you know it, you're, you know, you're in your dream recording studio with some of your favorite musicians of all time and they end up being your, you know, close friends. And and so, I don't know, it just, uh, it's really amazing. It's a full spectrum. And now and to be in Taos and to meet you guys and now having like a, you know, I just opened up a little shop here in town and, and having like a salon salon, like a community really kind of, really bringing that all in for everybody you know it's like the term circling the wagons you know like we're all kind of as creatives and as people and as community members we really gotta you know share our our stories but also our crafts and and the things that we can share and bring to to others you know and really you know challenge us to do new things that we won't necessarily know how to do perfectly you know and sometimes by jumping into it you there's a there's a real discovery that's being kind of unfurled in that mm -hmm. and that's that's kind of a big part of my creative process is kind of oh well I have this like crazy idea you know like I was kind of talking to you about that breath track you know like for this you know and I did a whole I did a whole kind of just recording of people breathing and then it turned into this really beautiful kind of polyrhythmic thing because everyone just went into their own thing and and then before you know it after like 20 minutes it turned into these beautiful breath rounds that were just supernatural and like things would just kind of come up and and that's you know I don't know I love kind of jumping around as an Aquarius it's important to not be tethered to the one thing like having a, sh a, a shop is like whoa this is really <laughs> holding me down you know but it's it's good because then now it's not about it's bigger than me it's like something where i can continue sharing these stories and, and encourage people to like challenge themselves to doing other things in order to really harness hone in on their own crafts and their own things you know because it took me going to design school to realize I really wanted to just be a hairstylist because I can work with so many different kinds of people and making people feel good is really the best mm -hmm. of... So important. Yeah. 
of the thing. Yeah. So. so I love that you talked about the shop that you just opened. And I'm curious because, you know, as a working as a freelance hairstylist and a and an artist and being on set and making collaborative pieces, you're kind of going from job to job. So I'm wondering how your sort of career in freelance and then now having the shop where you just said, oh, I'm tethered to it and, you know, things like that. I'm curious how that sort of informs your creativity and your creative process and, you know, like the kind of pros and cons. Um, well, I think like I was kind of diving into is it feels like having a space is making something that's bigger than me. So the community that I, you know, back in the day, Mabel Dodge and all of these people came here to bring other artists. And that's where, you know, all the writers and artists and thinkers of all time have all been in one place together. And that all happened in New Mexico. And, um, now for me in this kind of time where everything is so individual you know everything feels so you know isolated because of our cell phones but actually having a community place a physical place where people that I'm you know that are in my in my clients you know are you know head of the U.S. Forest Service in northern New Mexico. They are writers. They're huge thinkers. They're, you know, people like you guys, like yourselves, like, you know, trying to create a conscious community and around the things that we're working on. And everybody's kind of starving for this connection in a real way. And so, uh, you know, we're doing hair something that is so tactile working in the physical form and and that's why music is in the physical form and it allows you to kind of teleport and change and mold and uh so i think having that kind of tether and the chaoticness is actually the thing that is creating more of a centrifugal force for the actual expansion and consciousness that we're all kind of trying to be open to or receive or at least wanting to just be curious mm. and i think that that's really what having having a space is done but the cons you know that's a big pro but the cons are you know i'm not you know i'm turning down japanese vogue shoots in la you know that are kind of like dream jobs but i'm doing it i'm staying put because i know that it's important that i'm building something that's for the community that's here and and kind of honoring that instead of just you know uh commodifying the thing that we all you know is known as new mexico you know actually be integrated into what that place is and the story behind it and i think it's kind of this there's something really important in that as an artist to kind of honor you know in a big way helps the you know, the thing to work. Definitely. Yeah. So. Yeah. Just motherfucking spot on. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I'm just like, yes. yes. Yeah. yeah, yes. That's and I think that's so key. And you said it so beautifully. And I think that Taos has affected me in that exact same way as well, where I feel there's a spiritual focus that mm -hmm. happens on this land. Definitely. And it's not about you know, putting these like billboards all over the place of like, see my art or come here. It's awesome. You know, you don't have to reach out into the universe in that way. It's more of like a go into the hole within you. <laughs> totally. <laughs> you know, and, and not commodify, you know. Yeah. It's, it's, 
And I think it's that's a huge step into the related process, you know, for others. You know, so if we're doing that for our subconscious and our creative process and our and our families and our personal relationships, like all of it, it all kind of bleeds into this thing. And uh, you know, Taos has really forced me to be like, okay, what is the you know what is the thing that I do, but how can I share that, you know and I don't know, it's been really kind of a humbling experience because I'm not, you know, I'm not doing these fancy jobs anymore. I'm not going, you know, and those that's so fun to be just wild and free, but there was something so kind of vacant in, you know, the next job Mm -hmm. that I'm going to actually work with those people that I spend a day with creating something that it only is for that day and then it's over. Mm-hmm. And I'm wanting to focus on like those, those real mm-hmm. kind of continuous building a relationship and being vulnerable in that. And there's something really beautiful in both. But in this part of my life, I really want to like, you know, focus on the ones that are right in the immediacy. You know, and not having to like drive. You know, go to New York and Paris and you know, and I've in LA and travel all around the world for these gigs and I'm just like you know what that was really cool but I'm ready to bring everyone here because this is actually where the you know kind of as like even in our craziness of our country like Taos has always been this weird place where we're trying to figure out as a community everyone's really kind of doing this in a progressive way of of or at least I you know I think, you know, we know Crystal Star, right, you know, Mm -hmm. in town. And she and I, our conversations would always kind of blow into, like, come on, Taos, you really have the capacity to kind of be at the forefront pioneering how to live in these, like, updated conscious community ways and forms Mm -hmm. and make it so inclusive for how how to live in diverse, you know, meccas. And I don't know, it's still, it's, we're still in that kind of, nebulous of it being a thing but i think you know i can the fingertips are are at it you know and we're getting so close to being able to you know set a set a level to you know the rest of the country and the world that how to how to integrate in these times you know because taos is the most diverse little small town i think in at least in the rocky mountains because, you know, you know yeah. little Vanillavilles around here, we got to, you know, we have, um, mm-hmm. you know, a really beautiful community that's got the indigenous and the ranchers and the penitentes and the, the Spanish. Mm-hmm. And then like these, you know, everyone's kind of in this little hub and that New York felt like that, you know, that similar, you know. Melting pot. Well, yeah, well, to me, it's, yeah, it's the melting pot, but it's also, like, you know, it's, like, when you have that moment in New York where your shit, like, falls apart, and it, like, flies right back in your face, like, Taos <laughs> That was is, every day for me yeah. there. <laughs> but, like, Taos is kind of like that, too, it right? It is, it is, yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, yeah. you're like, oh, okay, I gotta get my shit together, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. But, Taos, yeah, New York and Taos have that in yeah. common. Yeah, I think that 
Taos and particularly people-wise and the diversity there and then the microclimate and the land and also just the like vibrational quality of the different microclimates it creates this type of like vortex or sensitivity of people land place which is you can see that through the many cultures here and mm-hmm. then you can also see that through the way that the land expresses itself which i think is really has been very creatively inspiring for me in particular which i just love watching you know and, and being a part of for sure yeah definitely i can totally relate to uh, what you were saying about how you kind of are getting these jobs and you're on set with these people for eight hours, 10 hours, 12 hours, however long. And then you kind of break and you're like, okay, well, I, you almost get like a high from that, like collaboration and creation. And then you're sort of left like, well, okay, well, you know, what's next? And then it's so easy to kind of get back on the wagon of just that sort of cycle of that, you know, collaboration for that short amount of time. Like I would call it like sprints, you know, like yeah. having a sprint week, I've got yeah. them on set X amount of days and whatever. And then you kind of get this weird sort of burnout feeling, totally. but you're doing it all for this sense of community and sense of collaboration that sometimes takes a real slowing down of saying no to dream jobs and moving in the middle of nowhere and all these things. So, um, I'm I'm curious how was that sort of something that you just woke up one day and you're like I need to scale it back and I want to do this instead of that. You know, how did you how did your body understand okay, it's time for a change because I want to serve the greater good in a bigger creative way in a in a different creative way. You know, what kind of how did that feel in your mind and body? Well, I think it uh it definitely was so, it was so physical. Like that, like coming to Taos was like, I had landed and everyone kind of feels like that, you know? And then I was here for eight months before the pandemic and I predicted COVID basically when I was living in New York and I was like, okay, this is it. And then I was like, okay, this is also it for the, you know, American, you know, kind of wanting to come and see the last of the American West uh, of what's, you know, here. And uh, I think it, I don't know, it just, it, it was so kind of, I knew exactly what I was doing, but I didn't know how it was going to happen. You know, I was like, People, it, it's funny because years and years later, people are saying, Clark, you're finally the person that you were always kind of talked about, like who you, you know, you are that person, you know, like, well, you made it, you know, and I'm like, that's kind of, that's kind of when you know, okay, I'm like, okay, things are okay, you know, and that was also really challenging because it might have, I, I've lived in every little small city. I've been to every state. I've lived in, I've spent at least a, more than five days in every town in the U.S., you know, like from being in bands, from being in my band, and we would kind of stay like five to seven days and sometimes a couple of weeks in one city to really kind of turn it into a, a little residency and kind of build communities. And so it was kind of at a, it was kind of at an early form in New York because you really have to carve out like what is it that is going to ground you in such a crazy place. And that's like when I discovered 
really getting into yoga and I really was doing like a lot of, you know, alternative ways of living, you know, in the city. And then like being in Taos, it kind of just, I don't know, it just it all felt like it could do, it could all be together and live together in the same place. So I guess the feeling really came first and then it all just like, once you kind of are just present with it, then everything can kind of tune in in that way. And I've been doing so much personal work, like leaving New York and then re, you know, trying to rekindle my relationship with my family after, you know, growing up fourth generation Mormon family in small town Utah, you know, Mormon pioneers settling in the Salt Lake Valley, like all the weird Zionist bullshit, you know, like, and I was like, okay, well, I actually, that is where I come from. I can't run away from the person that I am, but I can pioneer things in my own way in a way that's like, can feel like I'm doing something for something that's bigger than me, you know, and mm -hmm. that. I love the reclaiming of the word pioneer. That's what In I'm trying to do, yeah. yeah, for sure. So that was like a big part of, you know, coming back west, getting into, you know, trying to really find that hero's journey in life everyone has that moment like where you have to return to the thing and like really face that fear of being able to then expand and be the person you want to be because if you're just running away from it and not facing it it just is going to bubble up and that's when people lose their minds they get sick mm -hmm. it's so physical like the emotional experience to the physical experience and we just like try to like do 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 over and you know put it do 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 <laughs> literally but <laughs> put it into its little compartments or whatever we do you know as physical beings and i don't know it all is so nice to now kind of be able to integrate the craft the creativity into that process into the physical from what i come from from all of the stuff and how can i create a community that's conscious around you know hoping that others and people feel supported in doing that for themselves in their lives and mm. you know and, and being vulnerable and not exp in that process as a community you know and being able to not feel like you're doing these big jumps alone in life you know that, that you do have other people kind of consciously arriving at that you know so it feels so right to talk about it in this way where it's like okay we've arrived to this like place where we can we're okay with what is and that's enough mm -hmm. you know totally creatively spiritually emotionally physically you know mm -hmm. it's pretty profound yeah agreed and i think this is like an awesome time to open like a round table conversation about you know the expression of your own creative energy and your personal healing process and maybe sometimes they're moving in different directions and it feels violent like quite like a schism within the body and then sometimes they line up and there has to be deep personal work to put new creative work out into the world and maybe just what that process feels like and uh, I like I'm smiling because it's like a huge reward when you see it merge and then there's also some gut-wrenching moments when you're like, ooh, this is way off. <laughs> yeah. Totally. 
any thoughts? Yeah. Well, I'll kind of reiterate what Clark was saying about how, you know, same thing with me in the creative process, like it manifesting in such a physical way of just like I, something feels off and I'm having like anxiety issues that have never, ever been there or I'm getting, you know, social anxiety or my body's like feeling funny and in, in, in all these ways that weren't present before. And I am so happy that I took a step back and a lot of that was in the personal work I did with Sue at the time of just saying like, okay, pull it back, take it back. Because part of myself, I was like, you know, I have a lot of Capricorn in my chart and I have a lot of Sagittarius in my chart. So I'm like a workhorse, but I get stuck in like the process. And my process was like taking pictures, right? So I'm just like pumping it out, pumping it out, pimping it out, like, you know, making all this <laughs> stuff where I'm like, wait a second, what happened to like the beautiful soul searching that I found when I was 14, when I was just walking, you know, around taking pictures of my sister in a field by myself, you know, I, I lost all of those connections and moments. And then it was the same thing. When I landed in Taos, I was like, whoa, body quiet, mind quiet. Now's my time to really understand the artist that I want to be at this point in my life, because I had never taken time to pause to say well what are the jobs that I want to do you know like I was just comparing it to people that I had worked with before people I had assisted before of shooting at Milk Studios was like that's what I wanted to do that's where I wanted to be and then all of a sudden you're like wait a second that's not it <laughs> so yeah and then when you kind of are you know I feel like Rizo has been such a an amazing creation process where everything has just felt so right mm -hmm. you know it's just it's fallen into place and it's you know you're like reading minds in a way or like you know getting submissions in the ways where you're like that's exactly what I was thinking mm -hmm. you know but then seeing a community be able to express it collectively or in a way that I hadn't ever thought about before through writing or p painting or you know something like that has been so cool Mm -hmm. yeah i am curious i was kind of the phonetics of rhizo is so cool because i feel like it kind of is a good term for what synthesizes around these kind of conversations right so mm -hmm. it feels like some sort of i mean intuitively it just feels like you know it seems like change and then like coming together like it's like something that's like uh, an arrival or you know i don't even know what the word means but it feels yeah. like it's like okay we're like okay this is a this is like the this can be okay you know this is a this is a space in which we can have these kind of conversations you know of of feeling like we're reclaiming things and we can understand them in a new way that's not something that we're we're losing or you know or feeling like it's it's not of us anymore but that actually it's just changed and then it's building and then it's creating something that's more than what's our experience or how we think it needs to happen you know and that's constant that's like the thing in life where we're like okay it's gonna happen like this and it's gonna do it this way and it's gonna look like that and if it doesn't omg shit's gonna go down and it may be really scary but you know what it's like you know what we we gotta be totally fearless in those kind of moments of 
wanting to be like what asking that question what am i or what is what is it, what is the thing that i've been doing that's been putting the other stuff aside how to like you know what's the thing that's going to kind of hone in and and make it feel complete in this way and and that's endless in life but i think that those little interims those liminal spaces those things those like pauses is when the real like you know for me in my creative process that's really where i like you know the triggers and like the thing that i'm like oh can't talk gotta go shut down Mm -hmm. turning it into a way of how can i what is that why is it making me feel this way what's going on there what's to explore actually am i feeling you know what is the actual emotion to the avoidance you know and there's so much more that can kind of happen in those spaces and i think um collectively everyone's kind of learning that that's changed right so we're kind of like oh well we've been doing it in this like let's get the hustle let's work 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 and then you know then we have to crash and be broken to feel like we you know the rebuilding process is what we have to keep doing but really it's just a part of that change you know it's not a losing and it's 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 it really feels like it's part of that kind of chaotic beauty you know and i <clears throat> before i right before i left new york I wanted to say that I worked for Ray Kawakuba. I worked for Comme des Garçons right before she did her retrospective at the Met. And I was able to be part of the, you know, I was head of men's um, for all of her various men's brands. But, in, you know, and, and then being able to be part of that experience, it kind of, the Japanese have this really incredible way of teaching people in the, in the, in a work setting they really give people like the freedom to do things the way that they would do it they don't you know where in america it feels like you have to do it this way and if you don't do it this way you're doing it wrong and Mm -hmm. you know all of this stuff but in in there they they teach you to okay this is the goal so however we need to get there is great you know and and it may be just your assistant manager or whoever's under you or the people that work for you. Everyone's going to do it differently, but that's what creates the whole thing to work. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what really made me realize that having a space kind of creates that ability and having these kind of larger webbed communities and people that we work with, it really kind of... <clears throat> I don't know, it's been really cool to to apply these little things in life to the things that we're working on now and this and I just wanted to share that cuz it's so so it's so cool to uh yeah, just through those little New York moments I call them, you know. Mm-hmm. There's house moments and there's, you know, yeah. whatever, but you know. I think that takes such a intimacy with your own creative process to not impede someone else's and to allow them to and self you know to completely get to the finish line in a way that feels non-linear totally irrational all over the place but the process doesn't always 
um, need to be micromanaged, right? And that's something that I love doing Rizo for one of those reasons, because it's less like people are coming out of the woodwork with incredible creations that I could have never created, <laughs> right? And if I had micromanaged the process, then I really would have um, limited its potential, essentially. And I think that there's something so magical when you can get into a creative relationship like that. They, I think it takes time to seek them out and to find them and to build your own I just don't love the word trust, but, um, it's a big one. Yeah. Just like, okay, we're all going along for the ride. Sometimes yeah. it's your ride. Sometimes it's my ride. Like we're all yeah. going along for the ride. And I think finding creative relationships like that is, um, enlightening and mm -hmm. can be, um, they're few and far between, you know, so you mm -hmm. have to sort of pick and choose and, and know how to find that quality. I I was going to ask Diggy mm -hmm. when in New York uh you know in those moments oh I I had a really good question for you it's going to come back to me but there was I was just going to tie in that time of us together you know those early years I feel like we probably rub I probably even made you like coffee and juice every morning <laughs> you know at one point but I was just kind of thinking back and reminiscing about those moments of how in life when we're kind of clueless to the things that are right in front of you is actually the you know those are later in life the things that are going to keep you going you know, and you totally. don't even, you don't even realize it at that time. Mm. And I just find that to be kind of, um, you know, in the, in this space, you know, being able to be, you know, I don't know. I just, I find it really kind of interesting how we find each other in later in life. You know what I mean? Like, it's For like, sure. I'm like, oh, okay. Like the first, you know, friends that we made in Taos were, um, friends that similar experience to how you and I are or friends that lived in New York for a long time like I ate at the guy's restaurant all the time Matt and I would eat there all the time and then we kind of ended up at our first dinner party here in Taos and I'm like wait a second all I was in New York with all of these people at the same time and now it took us in to be in Taos to be able to connect and somebody that you have great admiration and respect for and you know really love their craft as well that it kind of takes leaving to end up in a place like this to sort of you know to reconnect again but I loved kind of going back to what you were saying of kind of reclaiming your relationship with your family and coming back to the west to experience the great American west and to you know kind of reconnect with your family after years of being in New York and you know something that's you know, you have those urges when you're so younger, you know, you're like a young boy when you were looking at Vogue and things like that. And, you know, we had similar experiences of, you know, we grew up in Appalachia, you know, we were outside every day, we were in the mountains, we were biking, hiking, painting, like, you know, doing whatever our little creative hearts wanted. And I knew deep down in New York that I wanted to get back to that space. I wanted to get back to a place where I was free like that again, where I was able to spend an afternoon painting and if it was shit it didn't matter you know because I just got so in my zone and you know the lane you know everybody says stay in your lane and like I got so 
entrenched in my lane that I couldn't get out of it. And I needed to just kind of rip everything away, start fresh and get back to that young creative spirit that I had as a kid that I had so lost kind of being in New York for so long. Dude, the ABCs is real. (laughs) No, I'm serious. Like, I always keep going back to it. Like, it's the simple things. Like, when, you know, coming back to Utah after being in New York for 13 years, it was like, I went back to heal my relationship with my family, but also I went to go get the piece of paper to make it so that I could have a shop. You know, I could have the cosmetology master barber's license for the things that I apprenticed and trained and assisted for in New York for over a decade that I had to go back and learn how to part and section hair, that I had to learn how to do everything back in this super basic way. But there's something so kind of uh, really beautiful and discovering in those like very baseline, basic things, those rudimentary foundational moments in life that we keep kind of circling back to in life and um that's you know that was the hardest that was but the biggest reward in life was having to really have to stand up for that inner voice and however it was received it didn't matter you know and i was totally kicked out of my family and i like moved and lost an entire my an entire community and then ha- created the one that i wanted to be a part of you know and there's something that's so kind of prolific in those in those in those moments of being so authentically yourself that it didn't matter that my family like totally lost it because I knew in the end that was the thing that made it so that I could be related to them, you know, cause they saw that as like, we come from pioneers. Like this is something that is in our family's blood. Like they were prosecuted for the people that they wanted to be. And they had to walk across the entire United States to end up in the Salt Lake Valley to like be the, fa- the you know the wacko job people that they the Mormons were because they all want you know we know that that's a whole other podcast <laughs> but but yeah just kind of reclaiming that part of life and circling back to it like it, it's really remarkable how that's been kind of like a big part of my creative process and yeah and then here we are Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so kind of speaking of pioneers I'm a huge Patti Smith fan and when I read her book Just Kids I was like blown away I thought oh my gosh like this is my life you know it was like when I was in New York and you know kind of walking the streets of St. Mark's you know obviously it had changed a lot since she was walking the streets of St. Mark's but Um, But it's still St. Mark's. Exactly. So I was, a job I had, I had to photograph her for some press that she was doing for the book. And part of it was an interview that she had. And one of the questions was, what advice would you give to young artists now that are coming to New York? She's like, I'd tell them to leave. And I was like, heartbroken. I was like, what do you mean? Like, I came to New York to do this. Like, I want to be an artist. I remember that. I remember that. And I kept, like, I replay that in my mind all of the time because the way that she answered the question, you know, obviously paraphrasing here, but she was saying that you'll be able to find communities 
in a much different way than you would in New York because it had become such a hustle culture, you know, that it was like, you know, make your small communities, collaborate with people that live around you, you know, all of these things that now I finally feel like I understand what she was talking about Mm. because of, you know, living in Taos now and kind of creating within this microcosm that we have of so many amazing artists here, but before us and present, you know. So I thought that was just such an interesting kind of take on it and something that I really feel like I'm able to fully embody now after having, you know, left New York. Totally. But I always, everyone asks me that question too. Would you, would you move to New York if you hadn't, would you move to New York now if you hadn't before? And I said, yes, absolutely. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Everybody needs to have a New York experience if you don't, and, and that, that's for some people to find out that they never want to be there. They never want to live there. But for me, that total... I was not living my best life yeah. there. But yeah. I'm, I'm still true. in contact with a lot of people that I met there mm-hmm. 15 years later, which is amazing. But a little too much dubstep, you know, a little too much ridiculous warehouse parties. Yeah, me. I mean, it's a, it's a, and some people never broke out of that world, you know, in New yeah. York, and, and, and those kind of, those early days, those foundational moments, like, that's what it's about, you know, like, mm. having those, those connections, it's so, you know, it's so crucial to you know this you know being able to be uh open to other people's perspectives and ideas that are different than yours as a way of connecting versus feeling like somebody has to have the same point of view in order to relate Mm -hmm. which is a lot of like what culture feels like now right in a big way yeah but again that goes back to creativity like that's like a huge part of my creative process like i'm always circling back like how can i give somebody so much space so that they can be 100% authentically themselves without wavering doubt you know as a friend and as a person when you're with you know like that's always something that i think about uh and yeah new york and Uh, And people like Patti Smith and like, you know, my ancestors, you know, my, my, my great grandfather was the first American Southwest photographer in the four corners and has some amazing photographs that he took of the, this area back in the day. So I'm going to TBD, I'm going to have a little photo show of great gramps in the space, which will be really cool. But, um, yeah, it just kind of feels full circle, you know, and even outside of that, like I'm kind of living this point of view. This was what they, you know, generations before us, this was the same kind of, I can feel it intrinsically, like that that was the same thing that they wanted for themselves in their lives. And so we have to kind of carry that as an American West, you know, fourth generation family you know and how to like not feel like it's like uh this is mine and that's yours kind of mentality it's something that we can all kind of help others through their you know hero's journey their their creative process as a way of discovery and not like you know Mm -hmm. and it's so different for everyone and that and you know god thank god right (laughs) we're all and the goddesses thank god and goddesses alike but 
I don't know. It's been it's been really cool to arrive back in this space as 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 it is, you know, for how long it is, you know. So it's mm-hmm. pretty cool we found each other at this juncture juncture yeah. or whatever you want to call it like is it time yeah. is it juncture we're definitely con- we're colliding <laughs> full moon mm-hmm. july 13th here mm-hmm. we go we're yeah. capricorning hard today yeah. guys yeah which i love I yeah, know, we, yeah. Got, <laughs> we got some capricorn sagittarius in the room i can yeah. feel it oh yeah, yeah. Both yeah. Of us. <laughs> i think one thing you said which is so valuable and i think it comes from you sort of use two synonyms which i think go great together which is creativity and discovery and it's almost as if we have to program our central nervous system and our neural pathways to be creative and constantly discover if that makes sense and we're like one thing you said beautifully is allowing someone else to be a hundred percent authentically them. And that comes from a place of discovery. And it's like, we want to like share our work and do different things in the world and put our work into and the doubts, exactly. share those doubts, share those super raw, like, you know, and sometimes that's, yeah, that's, that's a huge part of my um, creative process. And, I want that for other artists and, and even people alike to being able to connect to their physical and emotional body. It's all kind of in there swirled together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have any ideas for like a last sort of question or round table that we can wrap up on, which I think would be helpful to sort of tie it all together. Any of us can put something forth. Well, I just want to say that my one takeaway, just by sharing my vulnerable, just sharing my story uh, as I am, what I come from, and I think uh, just to tie it all in, I think, you know, that's, that, that's it, is how we can, as a, as a community and wherever we are in the world, how to create a space where people can feel that. And that's like, you know, let's keep that conversation rolling. It doesn't, it's not, you know, I keep, I was saying words like it's an arrival. It feels like the term of rhizo. It's like these kind of conjunctures. It's this, this, this cross sect that we're kind of all at subconsciously and consciously arriving at. And, um, you know, if we can just create a, a space and communities around uh, those that process, I think we're going to be able to actually enjoy life on Earth together, you know. And so that's that's I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say that's the that's for sure the takeaway for me in this conversation of sharing my story. Yeah, definitely, and just the idea of you know exactly what you were saying of creating these spaces where people can be feel ultimately free of how they want to express themselves and I think you know that's what you're doing with the shop and that's ultimately the goal of Rizo. and I think it's so cool to keep again keep that conversation going in person and in the physical forum because we are like that's just slowly slipping through our fingers Mm -hmm. and it's just you know, you kind of want to shake it and like a snow yeah. globe and be like, wait, wait, like, let's get back to that's exactly, exactly what it is where we were. And like, you yeah. know, the pioneers of people that we respect and artwork that has 
deeply, deeply influenced us and, and made us, you know, brought us to our knees to weep, mm -hmm. you know, like we need mm -hmm. to keep creating those spaces because I'm a firm believer those spaces do not exist in technology and they can be aided by technology, but the ultimate physical connection of one artist to another and creating something in the physical form is, oh, it's just so important for the emotional physical body and authentic self worth and trust and all of that which you know there's so many tools and resources and being able to have a foundation to come from you know and uh and whatever that, and that's so different for everybody. But there is, you know, just a kind of, I think, resourcing is something also I wanted to tie into that being authentically yourself. So sometimes it can feel like punk to be authentically yourself, or you're going to be kicked out of your family and, or like community, or, you know, even in, in any that sort of scope. But, but know that resourcing, uh, in yourself as like you you know where do you where are you most you know uh grounded within yourself as you are as a person you know to being able to be that read for the world you know and i think that that's that kind of self-discovery of like what that's you know that related process for myself is really what has given me the tools to feel like strong enough to share that part of that expression you know and so i think a lot of times it's you know when you say authentically being yourself that's like a punk term you know but honestly like it should feel or i would like to believe that it can come from a place of ease and grace and all of these things that it doesn't have to be like a fucking tooth and nail or to get mm -hmm. the thing heard or seen you know like that's you know we could use a lot more of that, you know? So that's what I'm putting out into the ethos mm -hmm. is that, 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 that sort of arrival can come from a place of total, you know, resourced grace and, and understanding of, of like how, you know, to carry forth in the world. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's, you yeah. know, it's 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 important to kind of remind people that, that there are tools to help you get there, you know, that it's not just like a free flow. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, tools and embodied communities mm -hmm. that you can humbly sit with and learn from. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that goes back to the physical space of actually, you know, mixing auric fields and being in the same frequency of what you know, that feels like to create from a resource place or to share from a resourced place and to have it be out of the hustle space, which definitely came up a lot in this conversation. And I think that we have to like kind of have a theater for that. Mm. There's, there's like a practice space that has to happen pretty much every day, every week in community, in your own work, in your own self-study, in your own family healing. It's it's a practice space or like a theater for emotional healing slash creative work or whatever it may be whatever it is yeah, yeah. very aquarian all the things in one <laughs> super thank you for letting me share that because it's a kink i realize sometimes it's it's a big that's a bold statement that's a big saying but i i don't know like it's, it's about kind of simplifying it into a way that it 
can be um, relatable for others to know what that's like for themselves. You know, that's the important kind of thing I would want for others to being able to receive in a way, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it feels really, really, thank you guys so much for having me. It was such a, such a cool um, little space that you created here. So thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. We yeah. love hanging out with you. Let's keep doing it when we're, we turn off the recording. We're definitely yeah. going to keep doing it. Right. We're going to go plunge. Yeah. yeah, and check the show notes. You can find everything about Clark and his new shop. We we ran out of time. We didn't even touch all of those things, but we'll make sure and put all the links, and you can find some of his work and his previous work. And also, you can just come hang out whenever, you yeah. know? I am going to be doing a grand opening on Labor Day weekend. Uh, I think that's around the 3rd, 4th, 5th of September. And everyone's welcome. I'm going to have, like, we're going to be cooking food. We're gonna what be should we bring? We'll set up a little photo booth. We're going to set up oh, a little photo yeah. booth. Nice. I would love to, like, you know, I would love to... I'll have you guys come represent Rizo and do a little thing. I want to inviting um, a couple other artists to come and share their work and kind of create like a little community vibe around what the salon salon is kind of what I'm calling it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited to finally have a space to, you know, I'm so I have, and it's a huge parking lot. So we're going to have a big jammer jam. So come on down. <laughs> And, and that will be very excited. And yeah. it's going to be really fun. Cool. Okay, great. We'll be there. And I'm not totally, I have like a couple of things brewing, but I don't want to like spill the beans if it doesn't totally happen <laughs> oh, yet. Yeah. So keep it a surprise. It's a surprise. Good things are on the horizon and come in for even a hello and doing stress treatments. So you can even come in for like a five, 10 minute stress treatment. Cool. So Love it. there's all, it's full spectrum salon is kind of what I'm calling it. <laughs> Very cool. But. Well, thank you, Clark, mm-hmm. for being on the RISOcast. We really appreciate it. Thank and you. we'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Okay. See ya. Have a happy full moon. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the RISOcast. If you love this episode, please download, subscribe, share it, and pass it along to a friend. Please subscribe to our RISO Magazine subscription at www.risomagazine.com. You can find Sue Hunt's work, your host, at www.suehunt.com. We love bringing you these in-depth conversations. Please remember the suggestions of our guests and hosts are for informational purposes only and should not be taken as actionable advice. This podcast is a resource for general information, education, and artistic inspiration. Rizo is not liable for your decisions to implement information from this podcast.